That's it. That's a half volley through mid on for four. Jeffrey Bolter, 100-100, and the place to get it here on his home ground at Heavenwood. Got it! Got it! Well deserved. A magnificent delivery from Darren Goff. Must be very close to five. Got him! What a patch this is for Ryan Sidebottom. Welcome to the Covers Off podcast from Yorkshire County Creek Club. I'm Tim Bresnan and back with me, as always, is Richard Pyra. Richie, how are you, lad? What you been up to? Uh, all good, mate. Thanks. Um, painting all week. I'm absolutely sick of it, to be honest. The sooner we can get back to work, the better. It seemed like a good idea at start, you know, trying to get a few rooms done while you can. But, you know, with my OCD and how straight my lines have to be. <laughs> it's taken me three weeks so far. So, are you cutting into, cutting into corners? Are you using uh, masking tape and all that? That'll oh, yeah, mate, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I, I'm, my OCD is not good. It's getting worse. Are you a roller man so, or a brush man? Bit of both. Brush foot corners into nits and crannies and then... Uh, Get me roller out and blend it in. Right. <laughs> what, you've been up to, lad, buying any more uh, swimming pools or no. what other crap have you been buying this week? Nothing, really. I've literally, I've just, I've been quite bored this week. Homeschooling, that's still going. I'll tell you what I did, actually. I did a stop-motion animation video with Call my youngest, uh, sorry, eldest, but my youngster about the water cycle so i've actually learned a thing or two about how clouds form and uh, how it actually rains so every time we ra- when we're rained off whenever we do get uh, going and playing cricket i'll be able to explain to you why we've just been brilliant ready. yeah can you make can you make wine out of water yet um no that's something that um i'll be learning during my sainthood right i reckon we should crack on bros yeah okay down to business then. Uh, this week's guest is a big one for us at Covers Off. A man who really needs no introduction. A man with 160 first-class games under his belt, over 11,300 first-class runs at an average over 40, and 23 test caps. Uh, yeah, this man's nicknames include Blotter, Frank the Tank, and Ryan Gosling. And I think that's, that's, <laughs> that's a self-named one. It's the one and only Gary Balance. Welcome to Covers Off, Gary. How are you doing, mate? Hi, Brez. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. And um, yeah, that last nickname is very spot on, isn't it? Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Actually, you're looking a bit facially, uh, facially hair, facial head um, since last time I saw you. Yes, yeah, six weeks of growth right there. Looking <laughs> sharp on it. You look more like Ryan Gosling now than you ever have, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, near perfect. <laughs> Worst thing is, that were in your wedding speech, wasn't it? Was it? I can't remember it. <laughs> no. I don't think Rich can, either, to be fair. No, I can't, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm simply a glass of red. So, obviously, painting and you get a glass of red, do you? Well, I just try, you know, it's a full day of painting, so I just reward myself with a glass of red. What mm-hmm. are you drinking, Gaz? Uh, Powerade? Um, or? No, I've got a, um, a specially brewed uh, can of Foster's, right? Yeah. Oh. The Amber Nectar. What? Been yeah. working out today, though, guys. I have. I, I did a workout which involved 100 burpees. <laughs> All right. I did Is that <laughs> 10. <laughs> 10 burpees. Yeah, I got tired. Guys, you're not talking to Gailey now. You don't have to lie. That's what I said. I did 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. 
Right, Gaz, um, as we do with all our guests, uh, just tell us a little about yourself, uh, your cricketing story. You know, how did a, a lad from Zimbabwe end up churning out runs for Yorkshire in England? Yeah, well, like you mentioned there, I'm, I'm not, from, not from Yorkshire. I'm obviously from the other side of the world, born in Zimbabwe. Grew up on a, on a farm uh, in the middle of nowhere, really. Uh, but you know we were we were lucky enough to have a, a net, a tennis court, swimming pool in the back garden. So you know since I was a I was a young kid, had my dad throwing to me in the garden net, and um, you know I've just loved playing cricket since you know ever since I could hold a bat. So played there, you know at school and under nineteen level, and then when I got to when I was about sixteen, I moved over to England and uh, had an opportunity to play some club cricket in Derbyshire, um, and then. I think one day Derby Seconds needed a, someone to field and, and you know, they, Dave Houghton was coaching at the time. He asked me to come along and I fielded and then I needed a night watchman and I, I went in as night watchman and, you know, I think I got a few runs and then, you know, from then on I got a summer contract and I'd had a few years with a summer contract at Derby and then after a couple of years there, uh, I got offered to come to come play at Yorkshire and, um, yeah, I was, I was never going to turn that offer down and, you know, it's had a... Had a really enjoyable career since then. So, what what was the aim, guys, when he came over? Was the aim just to come over for school, or was he aim to come over to try and make it as a cricketer? I think my my mum wanted me to go to school, but in my head, I definitely wanted to come over and try and make it as a cricketer. But I did two years of schooling in, in London. Um, but you know, all that for time, school. I think, was it? Was yes, it? yes, it was. It was, as you can tell, I've um, turned out to be quite a posh lad, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was really good two years at Harrow, one of the best schools in, in the country. Great sports facilities, but more importantly, great academic facilities for me. And yeah, just, <laughs> I noticed you say that with a little bit of a wry smile, guys. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this. What was your school life like, and you know how academic were you? It was, it was school life was a lot different to. To what it's been like up in Yorkshire, but well, I bet your school life was a lot different to what my school life was like. To be fair, and Richard's school life was like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Harrow, I so. Harrow is pretty special as a place. I've I've actually been there. We trained there for England a few times, and it's just phenomenal. So you know, obviously coming out of that environment, like academically, how did how did you do? Yeah, surprisingly, I think on when I got a scholarship, they um they actually said sports and academic scholarship. But um, I think that was just to kind of get through a loophole so there weren't many sports people getting scholarships. So they said academic and they actually ended up getting three A-levels. So I must be half decent. Pretty good, that, Gaz, to be fair. What were your A-levels in, Gaz? Yeah, um, <laughs> Lager. <laughs> I'm batting. <laughs> Occupying the crease. <laughs> Scoring hundreds. Yeah, Gaz. <laughs> Nerdling it to fine leg. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, my, after those two years, I definitely haven't had much education since then. But still, probably up there in the top, the top half of the, the cleverer folks at, at Yorkshire. Well, <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, guys, just just explain how uh, the move from Derby to Yorkshire went. Yeah, well, like I said, um, uh, I was on a summer contract at Derby. Dave Houghton was the coach. Um, who's also formerly of Zimbabwe, and he got kind of left after the two years, and and Yorkshire came and, and spoke to him and said, would 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 um would I like to to play for Yorkshire and signed a contract? I think 
I might have signed a couple of years and yeah. So you, for, didn't you, did you sign straight to academy? Yeah, so I signed, I signed for a kind of a summer on the academy because I was still at school at Harrow. So I had oh, about yes. two or three months in the academy. And then after that, that season, then I signed a, a two or three year contract. I can't really remember. But um, yeah, I had a, a summer on the academy with Wilco to Wilkinson. He was good to play with. And we had a, we had a good team. Holly and Dolby, obviously at Warwickshire now. And Jimmy Lee. And then obviously likes of Ruti, Johnny, um, Azim Rafiq. So we had a really good year. And it was, it was, I really enjoyed playing for the academy that year. Did you end up um, living with Ruti after that? Yeah, yeah. We, um, I was um, struggling to, to find a roommate. Um, so he was my, my last choice. And um, yeah, we lived together for a year. <laughs> Why was it your last choice? It was just no one else. Everyone keep turning me down for some reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, I think it was 2012. We'd, we'd probably played a year first team cricket together and then obviously got on quite well and yeah we lived together for that for that year in 2012 and it was it was good fun I could just imagine you two at home on your own just talking batting sh- shadow batting in the mirror uh, yeah absolute, yeah there was plenty of that absolute badges yeah you know what Rooty's like like he was giving me plenty of tips talking uh, to you about me, field placings yeah f- telling me how to bat telling me pl- how to play forward defence and all that yeah so what did uh, you what did you teach Rooty then uh, how to eat how to drink <laughs> 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 Obviously not very well, but um, how to warm up yeah, a pot noodle. I think I think at the end of that that year living together, Ruti had played a year on the Lions. I was thinking on the first trip of the Lions, and I think it was Graham Thorpe said to took Ruti aside and said to him, "Look, if you want to play for England, you're going to have to move out living with that bloke." Um, <laughs> <laughs> a couple of months later, he, was, he made his test debut. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear it's sold out of you guys yeah well done guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll play it <laughs> right Gaza you know you're a quiet and introverted lad so it's funny that when you google your name the first thing that comes up is you being half naked in a nightclub what, what's all that about <laughs> yeah I mean it was a it's obviously the middle of the summer I think it was a 2014 we're going through it um, a heat wave in um, in the UK, and we just finished uh, a chess match at Nottingham, and it was you know going out to a boring draw. So Cookie said, um, "Would you like an over?" And I, I bowled an over, a bolder maiden. So I thought it was it was the right to go and celebrate that night. And um, like I said, because it was so warm up, you know, to cool down, I, I took the top off, and uh, you know, unfortunately for me, um, there were. Uh, there was someone with a camera phone and uh, got a few got a few pics in there and um... yeah, it's quite sensible, Gaza. You know, thinking of hydration, hydration, yeah. Off, give myself cool, right. having exactly, a drink. Yeah. In all, in yeah. all seriousness, like the the funny thing about the article, and I've actually read this article online today. It comes with the story that you you only managed thirteen singles during your your innings in well both innings at the crease, which totaled four hours. But then you managed to buy ten doubles in one round for party goers. That's what it says. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit disappointed about that. Um, I thought I was quite generous, giving out a few Jaegers. And a few days later, I was, um, yeah, like you say, I was, I was in the in the paper with um, no top on, showing the six pack. Or lack of six pack. Have you got any regrets from your international career? Obviously. You don't. You don't particularly sound like you regret that bit. No, I. I, re- I genuinely don't regret it. I mean, 
for a day, it was a, a bit embarrassing. But, you know, the coach at the time was Pete Moores and he took me aside and he didn't really tell me off. He had a bit of a, you know, word with me saying he probably shouldn't be doing that. But he kind of smiled about it and said, just make sure you learn from it. And, you know, the same with us to Cook. He was captain and he, again, said just, you've got to be careful. But had a smile about it. And I was worried about what my parents would think. But, um, you know, my mum, I think, was a bit disappointed. But, you know, my dad gave me a high five, tapped me on the back and said, right, let's go for a drink. <laughs> what a legend. You know, it's a bit lighthearted. You know, we talked about, you know, liking having a drink. But from a coach's point of view, there's, there's nobody more who loves batting than yourself guys and and yeah. the train train as hard as anyone in the county that country that i've seen so it's you know batting's a batting's a massive part of your life isn't it no exactly you know like you said it's very light-hearted and i can you know enjoy having a drink with the mates but i've always prided myself on you know working very hard on my cricket and um, i've always trained really hard and, and you know batted for hours and hours in the nets and always try to get better and even that's, when, why my, you know, that's why my shoulder's knackered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And hopefully a few more years of that. But, you know, like, like we talk about these times, you know, where I might have had a, made a bit of a mistake in, in my club, but, you know, I always knew the most important thing was scoring runs and I always loved working hard and always trying to get better. So, and I'm still like that. So, and I think as, as long as I'm still playing, I'll still be hardworking and, and hit as many balls as I can in the nets and, and always trying to get better. From that to my next question, from you know, do you still hold aspirations to play international cricket again, guys? Um, I actually, I actually know the answer to this. Like we've spoken about this quite yeah. in depth, haven't we? But I just yeah. think it's it's good that you get your thoughts out there as well. I think it's it's. I'd love to play for England again, but also I'd like to be in the best mental uh, place to play for England. You know, I don't want to. If I do get selected playing for England again, I don't want to be struggling for runs or be a bit, um, you know, worried about my form or my technique or anything like that. I want to be in a, in a good mental place to to be able to deal with the, the pressures of international cricket. So, yeah, so hopefully I do, I, I get to that place and, and hopefully, you know, at some point I'm, I'm playing well enough and mentally good enough to, to be able to play for England again. Well, there's, there's no better batter in the country at the minute, guys, that is for sure, so... Hopefully one day you get a chance again, mate. No, thanks. Yeah, actually, obviously doing the sort of little bit of research about you guys for this, and it's actually difficult to put into words how ridiculously good you are, <laughs> like on your stats and your stats against everyone else in the country. So I think you're the the second highest run scorer since 2015. You're the top run scorer in the last three years combined. You've got, you've got the best average out of anyone in first-class cricket over the last five years. You've got the most hundreds in anyone in first-class cricket in the last, I think that one's three years. So I think it's those stats, you know, the, the consistency of those stats just basically tells a story to me that, you know, if, if you want it, it's there for you, mate. Yeah. No, thanks, sir. Um, appreciate that, Briz. But yeah, like I said, obviously, I, I pride myself on trying to be as consistent as possible, uh, not just trying to score runs, but, you know, being around the team and, and training hard so that helping the lads, whatever it is, trying to be as consistent as possible. I think you look at best players around the world, they're, they're always really consistent, whether it be in the nets, on the field, away from people, whatever it is, they're just very consistent people. So, looking forward then, Gaz. Hopefully, you've got another 10 years left of scoring runs for Yorkshire and, you know, hopefully England. 
But like, I know you pretty well. I know you've seen you're thinking about the future, and I know you bought a few cows in Zimbabwe. So what? What does the future? What, what does the Ran- future hold? Random, so random. <laughs> will you be Will you be milking cows in ten years' time, or will you be Yorkshire's batting coach in ten years' time? <laughs> well, you know they always tell you that you've got to you've got to look um, look forward to the future. So obviously, I've still got family in Zimbabwe. Uh, I got my dad out there, my brother and my mum, and uh, they've been looking to buy some cows, and hopefully we can. <laughs> uh, get a good number of cows, and then um, I can get a bit of an income when I retire. So, how many cows are you on now? Uh, we've only my dad's only just started up, so it's it's it's. I think it's in single figures, but you know, hopefully after a few years, um, we'll get it up to triple figures. I, I think it's cows? I think it's the way you say it, guys. I think it's the way you actually put the cross put across the fact that you've bought some cows. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, well. He's got to think Frank. out of the box. That is out, out of the box. box these days, yeah. One called Frank, <laughs> one called Ryan Gosling. What, what's the other cows called? <laughs> yeah, I, w- I wouldn't mention the names, but... <laughs> no, but seriously, guys, what, what, what do yeah. you see yourself doing yeah. in the future? Um, you know, I really enjoy, not that I've done much coaching, but I really enjoy the, you know, talking about cricket. Um, obviously, love talking about batting and I'd like to, I would like to, in some, some way, become a, become a coach. You know, I've, like I said, they enjoy talking to the young lads about batting. But um, but yeah, I've, I'd like to get into coaching. Um, I'd love to be a batting coach uh, wherever that is. I don't know, um, but I'd love to to help young batters um, because I, I feel like I could I could help and and play some part in that. Um, but hopefully, I've still got plenty more years of, of playing cricket, and that'll be a bit later rather than than sooner. The the way you do speak to the young lads with batting, I, I you know it'd be a shame if you didn't go into it. You know your knowledge on batting and the knowledge of the game. I think it'd be a shame not to share that once once you've finished playing. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, um, you know I've learned a lot from from playing with guys over the years, and I've seen how some guys have gone into coaching like yourself, Rich and Anthony McGrath, and, and done so well. So it'll be nice to be able to do that in, in the future. Guys, there's been a been quite a lot made about uh, your batting technique when you was with England, and um, you know I've been spent a lot of time around you and worked with you on your game. That you know it's probably one of the most solid techniques that I've I've worked with. So you know being being around England and and the criticism like that, how did it affect you with you know talking about your technique and did it change at all when you came back to county cricket? Yeah, I mean obviously it's like you said, it's well talked about because it is a bit different, and I, I've known that since you know I've been batting like this I've known it is a bit different but one thing I've always or when I'm playing well is is I've backed myself and I've known I've known my game I've known what my strengths are and what my weaknesses are but when I first did get dropped by England um, in 2015 in the Ashes you know there was obviously a lot of talk about it and it, it, it did affect me you know coming back to Yorkshire literally within a few days of being dropped was really difficult and and there were times where I tried to change a little bit. I tried to get further forward. But every time I did that, I just wouldn't score any runs. Uh, I would nick off for fun. And, and I struggled every time. So I've always tried to stay with that same technique, but always tried to make little improvements here and there. You know, I'm always trying to, as you know, Rich, trying to work on things and trying to get better at things. But I've never tried to make a massive change because if I did that, or when I did try to do that, you know, I felt like I went back six months a year and, and kind of had to start again. So, yeah, I mean, obviously it's a bit different, but every batter's 
every batter is different. You look at Steve Smith and, and how he's one of the best in the world with, with a very unique technique. But it's knowing your, knowing your game and, and knowing what you're good at and not so good at. And I think I've, I've known that over the course of my career and all those, any weakness I have had, I've always tried to, to work on and get better at. Do you feel as though, obviously Steve Smith has been described as a, just a problem, like a problem solver? He knows the way they're trying to get him out and he just solves that problem yeah. and he scores runs. Like, I felt as though that you were doing that already. Yeah. Do you feel as though the media made a big impression on, on you as opposed to, oh, you've got a few low scores. This is why he's got a few low scores because his technique's rubbish. And yeah. was that, did that knock onto your confidence at all? Is that... Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think anyone who says that when you're playing at that level and, and there's so much media and so much criticism uh, that it doesn't affect them is... You know, you've got to be, there's not many people who can actually say that. And it definitely had an impact on me. And, and like I just said, it, it took me a while to kind of get over that and get to doing what I do well and, and back in my game again. So it is tough to, to block out that, that media and that criticism, but it's always going to be there. And, um, you know, I feel like at that time, it's, it, it did affect me for, for about a year. But uh, once I got back to, to playing, playing my game and, and knowing what I was good at, and I got back to playing my best. But yeah, it's, it's not easy in that, um, at that level, as you know, Brez, when, when people are getting stuck, in, stuck in to you from, from every angle. So now we've reached the part in the show where we ask uh, the Twitter questions, which is obviously people who listen to the pod and uh, want their questions put to the guests that's on this week. So we've had probably the most amount of questions through, actually, from Twitter to you, Gary. But most of them, in fact, quite a lot of them are all... Um, have you got any stories about Joe Rue? What's the most amount of Jaegers you can do? How fast Hundred. can you down a pint? <laughs> yeah, Scabra Fryer or Quids in. <laughs> ben Duckett, Ben Duckett's how many times you've done the Otley run? Just stuff like that. But what we thought we'd ask is actually the first one is from Henry Smith and he wants to know what is the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? Cool. Uh, I feel is a really good question. That is a good question. This this is um it's half serious and half joke, but I once got told to lose some weight and I can't remember who it was from, but I then went and lost a lot of weight and I didn't score a run for about six months. So I went back on the burgers and <laughs> after that I got back to scoring runs. So whoever it was that gave me that advice, shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd prefer you to name names. Who was it? Oh, Tom Summers. <laughs> he might have been one of them. I think there was another guy at the ECB when he saw my skinnies were in the 120. Yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had a coach at the ECB once. I am going to name his name, actually. Uh, in fact, no, I'm not. I can't remember. <laughs> no, this, this, this needs saying. Who, who's it? Kevin Shine. So it was Kevin Shine who... Uh, so basically, we were doing this thing which was massive at the time. It's called, it was Dave Allred, you know, Johnny Wilkinson's kicking coach. Oh yeah, Top Pocket. He had this thing, yeah, Top Pocket. Top so pocket, he had this thing yeah. called Top Pocket, right? So basically, no matter when you bowled it or hit it, it had to feel absolute Top Pocket. So we had an area on the, on the pitch that we had to hit, which was our Top Pocket. And the batsman had to hit it in the middle of the bat every time. Right, so we're in this open net scenario with consequences. So whoever's 
bowling or batting. So if I don't hit my area, I've got 7 a.m. next day, next morning, spin session. Whoever's batting, if he doesn't hit it in the middle of the bat, he's out. Consequence, 7 a.m. spin session, right? So I'm bowling at Steve Davis. I overpitch and miss my area by six inches. So I'm in the I'm in the 7 a.m. spin class. He nicks off to the keeper because <laughs> I've overpitched and he's had the big drive at it. And we're both we're both in this in this uh, spin class next morning going, what the actual? I like, I've I've done my job. Like I feel like really I've done too. I've nicked him off. Now I'm in consequence training. I was like, this top pocket's a load of BS, basically. But yeah, that's my story. Anyway, next question. You had <laughs> I suppose to be you had there. to be there for that. Yeah, you had to be there again. <laughs> it's one of them, Rich. <laughs> it's funnier when uh, you're allowed to swear somehow. Right, this is another one. Uh, this is from Furbeck Blade, which I'm guessing he must be a Sheffield United fan. But we won't hold that against him. What is the biggest challenge for a batsman? Is it technique or temperament? I would definitely say it's temperament. You've obviously got to have a good enough technique to to score runs. But when it comes to scoring runs consistently and being able to be consistent, you know, I think when you, as a batter, you, you're going to go through bad patches, whatever whatever level you play at. And I think it's been able to get out the other side. I think it's always been able to back yourself, you know, when you do have those those bad bad runs. But when you if you do back yourself, um, the best players in the world back themselves and, and are mentally tough. Okay, Gaz, uh, this one's from Joe Root. I think there might be a little bit of a story behind this one. Where is the best place you've watched cricket? Oh, that is a good question, Joe. Well, I've, I've been fortunate enough to travel the world and carry drinks at a lot of grounds. So, uh, I've, I, yeah, I've I actually know, to... like, just if, if you just, I actually know where you're going with this because I know the story. So, if I start laughing prematurely, just carry on, Gaz. Sorry. But yeah, like I said, I've I've um, I've been talking around with England quite a lot. Um, I've carried a dr- carried drinks all over the world, but probably the best place I've carried drinks was at the at the Wonders in South Africa. A uh, great place to watch cricket. Unbelievable atmosphere. And on that tour, every twelfth man got a got an off day, and I was fortunate enough to get my off day on the Saturday, day three of the Test match. England won the lap in the series. To win that game, go to nil up and, and win the series. And yeah, like I said, it was a Saturday, day three at Wonders, forty thousand people sold out. And I, someone bet me in the in the squad, bet me to that I wouldn't go and watch watch some cricket on the day off. And I think it was about a hundred <laughs> quid. Um, so oh, I said, to, oh to, yeah, happy days. To go I down to, to the ground. To go down to the ground, um, sit in the stands, take a selfie in the stands. And I'll get my hundred quid. Anyway, I, I went to the, I went to the game at a at a cap on some sunglasses. Uh, no one could see who who I was. Um, ended up sitting with a few mates and I had a few beers. Nothing exciting at all. But um, it was a day that uh, Stuart Broad got about five or six wickets in the space of half an hour and bowled South Africa out for for less than a hundred. Meaning that England had to chase chase down. Chased down about eighty odd to to win the win the match and win the series, and I got a, a phone call from the from the liaison officer saying, uh, "Cookie wants all the all the squad to be to be in the change rooms after the game." So, and but you were yeah. already at the ground in the stands. Yeah, I was about fifty meters away from the change room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they didn't know that. They thought I was um, probably in the gym back at the hotel. But um, <laughs> yeah, so. I, uh, <laughs> 
So I quickly, quickly got a, a taxi back to the back to the hotel. Put my put my kit on, my England kit on. Got to the ground, got in the change room. I think England needed about 10, 15 runs to to win by then. I watched Ruti knock off look knock off the last one, last runs to to win the match, to win the series. And um, yeah, we had was, a, we had a good celebration after that. Was it mentioned after the game that that's what you'd been doing? I think I mentioned to one of the other 12th men that I, that I might have been at the at the ground all day, and I think he went straight to to Trev Bayless and said, "Hey, have you heard? Guys was in the crowd all day." Oh, what a snitch! <laughs> oh, was that? Nah, um, I'm going to name that. That must have been someone like Samet Patel or someone like that. Absolute <laughs> no bluff. Um, but no, nah, I think it, he didn't actually say that, but it did come out in the. I think we must have had a fine session or whatever. We had a few drinks afterwards, and it came out that um, I'd been at the at the ground. But I think because we'd won the game, won the series, it was um, it was all taken in good humour, and, and everyone enjoyed it. I certainly did. That's genius. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely genius. To, so to I, Joe Roots, um, the the Wonders is uh, probably the best <laughs> best ground to watch cricket at. <laughs> can I Very ask, good. Can I, can I ask a follow up question on this? Right, I can't understand how you've not been recognised. It's because he had his shirt on. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I think when I said cap and sunglasses, I might have. Did you mean hoodie? Not, and a not, mask? not being fully honest, I think I had a balaclava over over my mouth, uh, <laughs> over my face. I think I might have had a little hole in the middle of it as well, so I could sit my beer. But yeah, I, I didn't get that. I think I even sat in the Barmy Army for a bit and you know, singing singing Brodie songs. And uh, <laughs> yeah. were you gassed? No, no, I wasn't. <laughs> I made sure I wasn't. Um... We were you in a morph suit, one of those morph suits. Remember those pilots that used to go watch yeah. all around the world in morph suits? Genius. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't quite there. find one of those, but that would have been perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great story, mate. Well, Absolutely. well, Ronnie, then, Gaz, have you have you got any more uh, dressing room stories or anything like that? Uh, not many. I not many that you can of, tell us. One of the first, yeah, one of the first times I, I played with you, Braz can't remember it must have been about 2010 2011 we're playing at um radlett radlett and uh, against middlesex oh, i remember that <laughs> <laughs> we were i think we're traveling down to somerset afterwards so we finished the so one of back playing pro 40 or 50 ever back then and i was in the shower and i'd run out of shower gel and not being very Clever, I asked you if I could if I could have some shower gel. Anyway, you, you chucked a, a bottle over, think, and I, me being stupid, thinking it was shower gel, I, I rubbed it all over myself and thinking <laughs> I was getting clean. But with about five minutes, I realised that it was uh, that it was deep heat. And for the, for the next five-hour bus journey down to Somerset. I was in absolute agony. <laughs> I remember this. I still owe you, owe you for that, Briz. So. Mate, you call me all the names under the sun for that. For a month. <laughs> you didn't speak to me for about a month. In fact, yeah. our relationship got off to a pretty rocky start, didn't it? Because of that, I reckon. Yeah, it did. Uh, you thought I'd pretty, you. you were so angry, though, Gaz. I was. Well, I was in a lot of pain because that, um, <laughs> that heat rub went everywhere. I think, it, it, well, it just reminds me, you know, Fun, and it's not funny, but every time that you get out, Gaz, I can't help but laugh. <laughs> He's the angriest man in the world, and he calls himself, You fat, you fat Zimbabwean. <laughs> and for ten, like, I don't know how long, 10, 15 minutes, you are the angriest man I've ever come across. And lads can't help but laugh. Yeah, it is. I think, like, I think it was last year or year before, Gaz, we actually started a 
we started a, a chit. We started a chit sheet. So basically, you had to put your tally on the chart against your name as to how many f bombs Gaz had dropped when he got out. And I think I won. I won one once with twenty three f bombs. <laughs> when you say f, you mean fat, don't you? <laughs> no, I mean the other f bomb, mate. The other one. <laughs> it's up there with yeah. Bluey. Remember when Bluey got out at Worcester? Yeah, Blue, Bluey's had some. Uh, He's he's a very angry man when he gets. He got out. out he got out at Worcester and he took his helmet off. He sat in the corner and he headbutted his his back. He headbutted <laughs> it until there were blood coming off it out of his forehead. So you're up there, guys. You and Bluey. Are yeah, up there I do, and it's 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 out of um. It's not normally like me, but those ten minutes of anger gets me gets the frustration out, and then I can uh, chill out after that. Time. I always know that you've calmed down when you come into the viewing gallery with a bunch of grapes. <laughs> 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 you're always saying viewing gallery a bunch of grapes right. Gaz is back now <laughs> oh, you know uh, on Bluey I've seen him do that to a um, you know them Shrey helmets you remember the old ones like they, they look like a ski ramp oh the Airtex yeah, yeah that's it Airtex sorry we called them Schlids didn't we for ages yeah Lid that's what it stands Schlid like Anyways, what you've got now <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. My uh, isofro is looking very schliddish. Um, anyway, he got out at uh, I think it was in Mumbai, uh, a test match, and he headbutted one of those and and smashed it to smithereens. And I was like, well, uh, in fact, a lot of lads were like, yeah, that's it. I'm not using that anymore. That Airtex can't be that good if Johnny can headbutt it to bits. <laughs> but I reckon his head's just that hard. Yeah, he's got a solid head. <laughs> Time for the covers off quick fire questions, mate. So it's it's one of the the usual features on the on the podcast. So basically, you say the first thing that comes into your head, and it's it's quick fire. First first answers obviously counts. So earliest cricket in memory, in the back garden in Zimbabwe with my dad, throwing to me, uh, cricket and hero, Andy Flower, I like it, one of mine as well. To be fair, yeah. uh, county debut, uh, two thousand and eight. Uh, against Kent at Canterbury for Derby yeah. for Yorkshire I played a few um, 40 and 50 over games for Derby but my championship debut was against Kent in 2008 for Yorkshire yeah. I think you played against you played against Yorkshire you played, I played against you for in a Pro 40 when you were playing for Derby I think yeah yeah you right? did yeah you did you're um, such a badger you'll be able to tell me how many you got how many I balls did I, I got two and then Dizzy nicked me off uh, but yeah that was we got thrashed. <laughs> um, your best innings you've ever played? Uh, probably my s- second test century against India at Lords. Um, it had been a tough few days before the match, obviously, with the shirt-off incident. So I felt like going to the match, I was under a lot of pressure. And then I got a 100 in the, in the first inning. So that was probably the best innings ever played. Do you feel as though the pressure makes you play better? Sorry, uh, I think we've just gone down yeah. the rabbit hole again here, yeah. Rich. Sorry. <laughs> at times, I think it does, yeah. Cool. Uh, your favourite ground in the world to play at? Newlands in Cape Town. Yeah. Beautiful ground. Yeah, it is. Somebody, somebody to bat for your life? Uh, Joe Root. Messiest in the dressing room? Tom Cola Cadmore. Peps was a nightmare when he sat next to me a few years ago. Kit everywhere. <laughs> 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 
he's on his own now, isn't he? Who's the vainest cricketer you've come across? Um, it's not many cricketers, but one of the vainest is is a lad talking to us now, Rich Pyra. I think he's quite oh, vain wow. for being a ginger lad. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I had to, Rich. I had to. You oh, heard man. it here first. Um, <laughs> best celebrations or party after a game or series? You um, must have loads, but try and narrow it down. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the best was the, the second time we won the championship. And we went to um, Ma or Benus, Port of Benus, um, a day after the season, and we had three nights in Benus. Yeah. Uh, the whole squad. That was yeah. That was very good. That oh, was okay. uh, uh, one to remember, or not, or not remember. Yeah. Uh, three people, living or dead, to have dinner with. Mm. Uh, Will Ferrell. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. You know, like my NFL, don't I? So he's a quarterback, American football player. And probably go with my lookalike, Lewis Capaldi. <laughs> That's a good three. Right. Pick your, pick your best six-a-side cricket team that you've ever played with. Joe Root, uh, Alistair Cook, Ben Stokes, James Anderson, Stuart Broad, Kane Williamson. That's like sorry, Brez. No, why are you sorry? Every time we do this, Brez, you're like you're like waiting for him to be on in. No, I'm not. You are. Why would I be? You look why gutted I... when I didn't say your name at the yeah, Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't tell me batting before Jimmy. Jesus. Um, no wicket keeper in there, mate. Well, Rooty's done a bit of keeping, hasn't he? Yeah. Okay. No jammers. And finally, we do this with all our guests. It's probably the best part of the pod and something that people have come to know and love. It's how many Pato nicknames can you name in 30 seconds? Okay. I've, got the, I've got the clock, so you just have to bear with me one second. What's, what's the record? Martin McGrath with 25. Well, he came up with most of them. Yeah, exactly. Damsey <laughs> last week got two, so I'm backing you guys. It's pathetic. Okay. Rooty got 12. Got to beat Rooty. Yeah. yeah. Right, here we go. Three, two, one, go. Dead man. Goat. Goat fox. Goat eagle. Goat shark. Piano teeth. Side screen teeth. Uh, Gail Platt. <laughs> Sally Webster. Uh, Riz. <laughs> Bad cleaner. <laughs> Two, one. Coco pop back. <laughs> <laughs> How many is that? Twelve. <laughs> Do you know what? 12. No one's come. No one's come up with uh, Sally Webster before. Oh no, Gail Platt, and I totally like. <laughs> I'd forgotten totally about that. Forgot one. about it. <laughs> Twelve. Not near Mags though. Didn't catch Mags. I uh, don't think anyone will beat Mags. Still decent, yeah. mate. <laughs> it gives us a good giggle every week, that, to be fair. <laughs> Quality. Guys, absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, thanks for your insights into cricket um, and your stories. They were absolutely brilliant. I know it's a bit frustrating time with no cricket at the minute, but hopefully to see you on the park soon and score your runs for Yorkshire. So, cheers, guys. 
Cheers, Rich. Cheers, Briz. Thanks for having me, lads. No, thanks, mate. Thanks for being so open and honest and, and great with your stories. Cheers. And um, guys out there, if you have any questions for us throughout the week, as usual, tweet us at Tim Bresnan and at Richard Pyra. Uh, and remember to subscribe to our podcast, which is available on Spotify and iTunes. Um, so all that's left to say is goodbye to Gary, goodbye to Rich, and uh, goodbye from me. Goodbye.